following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Well, how you feeling? You feeling all right today? Are you feeling wet today? True story. So we got here. See, when I got to church this morning was when it hit and um, the floodgates of heaven opened. Literally, this is this was this has never happened to me in my life. I'm sitting in my office going over my notes, and my wife my wife has a hair dryer. I've got my my boots off, and she's got my socks. She's drying my socks with a hair dryer because they were soaking wet. So I get to preach to you today with dry socks. Thank you to my wife who I should have just got up here and preached barefooted. We are in Austin. Uh, hey, it is an honor, Philip and Annie. It's an honor to have you. We have been longtime friends, and it's I'm excited about this next chapter and to get to serve alongside two amazing, talented, anointed people. And I look forward to what God is going to do here in Austin through the Daigles. And to everyone watching online, it's a joy to have you, everyone watching and our additional seating in the chapel right now, man, you're a part of us. I, listen, we know that you're watching online today because you're not here right now. So you're at home drinking coffee and we love you. Listen, comment back. We need you to preach with us because they're going to be, you going to preach with me today? See, the people in the house going to preach with me. So if you're watching online, go ahead and get with us. It is, uh, it's my honor today. Uh, hey, before I preach, let me tell you this. Sorry, I'll get in trouble if I don't tell you. We have some awesome invite cards for Easter uh, I'm telling you that a, an invite, a simple invite could change uh, the eternity for your next door neighbor, for your coworker, uh, for that loved one. Take five, take 10, take, well, probably don't take a hundred. They'd get mad at me if I said that. Take enough though and use them and pass them out. We want, we want people to experience Jesus throughout the Easter season here at Christian Life. Um, but today uh, I have the opportunity to wrap up a series that we have been in over the last three weeks uh, entitled World World War Me. Try to say that three times. World War Me. And throughout the series, we've made no bones about the fact that there is a war raging on the inside. And we have declared that we are going to fight, that we're going to declare war on the version of me and the version of you that you don't like. And I think if you're honest, you would admit that there is a version of you that you don't like. And if there's not, you lying. <laughs> Week one, we, we went to war against our thoughts. Week two, we went to war against the words that come out of our mouth. And last week, we went to war against our actions, the choices that we make on a daily basis. And so uh, we, we've come this far, and I think without question now, we all understand that there is a, a battle, there is a war raging, but I've got really good news for you. And, and, and I'm, I'm really excited to tell you this. If there is a war raging, there is victory to be had. If there's a battle going on, somebody's going to win. And, and I don't know when the last time you read this book, but last time I read it, guess what? You and I, we win. So there is a war raging and you and I can be overcomers. Do you believe that today? Come on, I believe it today. And if there is a war raging, and if there is victory to be had, 
This, listen, we could, I could tell you this next line, and we could pray, and I could send you back out to the rain, because this is what I got for you. If there is a battle, if there is victory to be had, are you ready? You can't stop fighting. No, see, uh, all right, Lord, we love you. Thank you for today. I'm just kidding. You can't quit. You can't stop fighting the battle. See, I know something about this World War me because I fight it just like you do. But I also know a dirty little secret about you. You want me to tell everybody? Okay. When it comes to life, when it comes to your life, when it comes to my life, very much like water and electricity, we like the path of least resistance. Right? We like, we like the easy way. Let me put it this way. Maybe this is, this is my battle. Maybe it's not your battle. It's much easier for me to chomp down on a brownie than it is a kale salad. Ugh. Especially if the brownie has ice cream and somebody in first service hollered out, Bluebell, I don't even care if it's Bluebell. You can give me the soft serve from uh, Golden Corral where the kid's been underneath there just licking it. I just need ice cream with my brownie. Y'all got me crazy today. I'm sorry. It's the rain. It's much easier to think about starting that life's work than it is to actually take a step of faith and put it into action, right? It's much easier to come home from work and sit in front of the TV and veg out than it is to go to war against the version of you that you don't like. The version of you that doesn't line up with the word of God, perhaps. It's much easier just to to take the path of least resistance. And you know what the path of least resistance looks like a lot for you and me? Here it is right here. Not a hanky for a shouting service. We wave the white flag. That's what the path of least resistance looks like a lot for you and I. I, You know what? This is too hard. I've been fighting this battle too long. I just don't think I can do it anymore. In fact, I don't want to do it anymore. Therefore, I'm not going to do it anymore. I quit. I'm done. This is is just going to be how I am. I'm just going to keep struggling with the same thing that I've been struggling with for the last 10 years. And I've just come to preach a very simple message to you today. And it's this. If you are going to win the war... Today is not the day to wave the white flag. Today, listen, today is not the day to say, I just can't take it anymore. I'm done. I quit. Today is not the day to say, there's been so much negativity in my life. I don't even think there's anything positive ever. See it even rain. I was trying to come to church today and the old devil made it rain. No, it's just life, people. Right? Right? There's victory to be had, but you will never experience the victory that God has for you if you wave the white flag today, if you quit, if you stop. But we do, don't we? We stop short. We can hear it said week in and week out, but we do. It's so easy, isn't it? It's so easy to stop and to quit, but why? 
Why do we do stuff that we know is not the right thing for us to do? We know quitting is not right. We know waving the white flag is not the best thing for us to do. I know eating a brownie is not healthy for me, but I do it every day. Not every day, almost. Okay, probably every day. Why why is that? And today I want to share with you um, a couple of reasons why I think you and I quit and why we stop fighting this battle that's raging on the inside, why we settle for mediocrity, why we settle for the version of us that we don't like, but we've convinced ourselves that it's just who we are. Here's a couple of reasons why. And I want to start by kind of opening up into the book of Exodus, if you will, and I'll recap until we get to where we're going. But the new leadership in Egypt is feeling threatened by Jacob's descendants who have increased greatly in size and they embark on a campaign to subdue the Israelites and force them into slavery. You know the story. And as Moses grows up, he becomes the clear leader of the children of Israel and confronts Pharaoh demanding the release of the Hebrew people. This angered Pharaoh and he only increases the workload of the Israelites. And I love our God. I'm telling you, if I didn't love him before, when I just reread this, this makes me so happy. God's got your back. Watch. God didn't appreciate that. And so he unleashes a series of 10 plagues that, that includes a little something like the Nile river turning to blood, uh, frogs, gnats, flies, disease, livestock, boils, hail, fire, locusts. God got you back. He's going to take care of you. You name it, God unleashes it on the Egyptians. And finally, after all of this, Pharaoh relents and releases uh, the more than 600,000 Israelites. And now Moses and the Israelites head west towards the Red Sea. And of course, you know how this is, right? Pharaoh, he's kind of rethinking, I mean, I know it was bad, but we shouldn't have let them go. I like them doing all the work for us. I don't really like to work. I like them doing it. So we better go. Watch what happens. Exodus 14, verse number nine. The Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped near Pihahiroth. If you're looking to name your next child, I've got a wonderful name. Opposite, here, here's the name for the twin, Baal-Zephon. <laughs> Sounds good. Teacher would get that right in school. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites look up, and they, there were the Egyptians. There they were, marching after them, and they were terrified, and they cried out to the Lord. So what's, here's the first reason why I think you and I quit fighting so oftentimes. Are you ready? Is because what's pursuing you has become greater than the promise before you. That that what's chasing you, what's following you, has overtaken in your mind and in your life the promise that God has before you as Pharaoh approached. And you've got to picture this. You've got to go back to your childhood. Read your storybook Bible, okay? As Pharaoh approaches... They're standing on the banks of the Red Sea and the Israelites, I don't know why they're looking down in the the first place. Like, look up, people, you can see a lot better. Don't look at your toes. You can see the enemy coming a lot further away. But there they were. Here comes the Egyptians. They're marching after me and they're terrified. The word of God says, here's what I want you to understand is that the children of Israel were terrified that their past, the very thing that they had just broken free from 
was now chasing them. The very thing that had held them captive for for so long is now rearing its ugly head one more time. Can you imagine the frustration? The anger? Can you imagine what's running through their mind? Imagine what it took to finally follow Moses and to break free from captivity only to see what's chasing them again. I, I, thought we just, I, I thought we just came through that. Come on, has anybody ever had that feeling just kind of rise up from the pit of your stomach to say, I thought I was done with you? I thought I already had victory over this situation. That was just last week. And you're back again? I got to deal with you again? Is it just me? Okay. Watch their response. Watch their response to being pursued by their past, by the thing that they had just broken free from. They said to Moses, this is great. Because there were no graves in Egypt... Have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone. We love to serve the Egyptians. Really, people? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than it would be to die in the wilderness. And I think this is where many of us find ourselves. See, in their mind, they were on the verge of giving up the fight. They were on the verge of, of giving up the... Let's just see a wave of white flag. Moses is talking. We just, no, they're, they're coming and there's out there. There's stuff over there. We can't go that way. Mentally, they were already defeated. They were already, oh, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. Ah! And this is where you and I find ourselves so often, and it's why we quit, because we're already defeated in our minds before the battle takes place. It's right here. That's why we're talking about your mind and your thoughts. So let me ask you a question this morning. Are you allowing the fear of what you have left to impact the future of what's before you? Perhaps the addiction that you thought you had conquered has reared its ugly head again. Maybe, maybe mom and dad, that child that you thought you had already brought through that Red Sea, right? You'd already dealt with that. They'd already gotten free from the, the captivity that they, only to be right back in the middle of it again. I got to face you again. I thought we just, I thought I just got freedom from you. Is there a decision that you made as a teenager that continues to pursue you into your adulthood? What is it that you've been dwelling on that you've allowed to grow in your mind to become greater than the promise that is before you? I want to encourage you in the house this morning. Listen, your adversary can only push you so far until you fall into the hands of goodness and mercy. See, they've been pursuing you too. No, you, you, you don't know where I'm going yet. Let, the 23rd Psalm, let, it, let me remind you with that for just a moment. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my... Listen, I know you've got a past that is pursuing you. I know it looks like it's about to overtake you. But can I tell you, the goodness and the mercy of God is greater than any past that you've walked in here this morning with. Goodness... And mercy, oh, I know you got a past pursuing you, but you got goodness and mercy is following you again today. And guess what? It's going to follow you again tomorrow. And it's going, when you wake up the next day, it's going to be following you. 
goodness and mercy. Today is not the day to stop. You can't stop. You can't stop. You can't, you can't wave the white flag. To, there's too much riding on you staying in the battle. There's people that are counting on you staying in the fight. Your children need you to keep fighting. Your husband needs you to keep fighting. Your wife needs you to keep fighting. Your boss needs you to keep fighting. The second reason why I think many of us quit, why we stop, is because progress in the battle doesn't seem possible. Have you ever been there fighting something and it just seems like day after day you wake up and you're just beating your head against the wall? Y'all make me up here look like crazy, just beating my head against the wall. Have you ever been there where you're fighting something and it just doesn't seem like you can ever make any progress? You wake up Monday and you're going to battle, but you just, you're not chipping away at anything. There's no wood from the tree falling. You just keep hitting it with the ax. You're just banging your head against the wall, not seeing the progress in the fight that you want to see to continue on. And so what do we do? Uh, Just wait. I'm not seeing the progress that I need in this battle. So this must be who I am. This must be the way that I'm supposed to be. It must be my destiny. Exodus 14, verse 15, the Lord said to Moses, I love this. Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Forward. Uh, forward. See, Lord, listen, I, I, my past carries a lot of baggage with it, right? It's called horsemen. It's called chariots. It's called a lot of warriors, and they're chasing me, and they're right here. And see, I want to go forward. There's nothing more that I want to do than get past my past, the thing that I've just broken free from. But see, we got some problem. It's called a wall of water. And it's, it's kind of right there. And it's been winter time, you know, Lord, my swimming game's not up to par. I'm not sure that if I step out, it's kind of deep out there. Sharks? Probably not. I don't know. That's not in the Bible. Just made that one up. Go forward. But you must not see what I see in front of me. See, what I see in front of me is a massive wall of water. Now, I'd love to go forward, but I'm not sure it's possible. And the scripture would continue, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go forth on dry land through the midst of the sea. Here's, here's what God is saying. Listen, listen, I know you've got a big enemy. I know you're, you got a big battle on your hands. And I know that there's a massive wall of water in front of you. And I understand that you've never been through a wall of water like this before. And Moses is telling his people, listen, I just need you to have faith. I need you to allow your faith to rise in this moment. I know it sounds crazy, but you got to hear me. Listen, we've searched. There's no way around it. There's no way under it. There's no way over it. So I guess, guys, we just going to go right through it. We're just going to go. The Lord told me and we're just going to go right through it. I I just need you to trust me here. Then Moses stretches out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. 
and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. And you got to catch this. You, you got to listen closely, lean in. And the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left hand. Originally, there was a wall of water in front of them, but now it's on their right and it's on their left. Can I preach to somebody in the house today that the very thing that's been prohibiting your progress, the thing that's been standing in front of you, just might be the very thing that escorts you through to the promise that God has for you. See, there was, oh yeah, 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 there was a wall of water in front of them, but now there's a wall of water to the right and to the left, and the very same water was escorting them through to the thing that God had designed for them. If fear is the the kryptonite of Christianity, faith is the fuel that moves mountains, or in this case, the Red Sea. I know, I know, I I know there's a wall of water in front of me and I've been fighting the same battle over and over and over again, but I just feel like I need to share with somebody in the house one more time that the very thing that you've been beating your head against just might be the very thing that escorts you through to what God has designed for you to have in your life. But listen, you can't stop. You can't, today is not the day to quit. You can't stop fighting. Don't stop beating your head against the wall. Do it one more time. Keep fighting. Keep going. So I know, we know, right? Well, we know we quit. And now we know what causes us to quit and why we quit. But here's the problem. We don't, we don't want to keep quitting. So how do we stop quitting? How do we stop giving up? What do we do? I want to give you a little battle plan here today. I want to give you something that you can carry into your job tomorrow, that you can carry into your home tomorrow, that you can carry into your schools this next week. Here's your battle plan. If you're going to win the war, first thing you've got to do is possess the high ground. Whoever controls the high ground controls the battlefield. Snipers. I don't listen. I don't know anything about real war, but I have watched a lot of movies. Snipers are looking for elevated positions, right? The enemy that has the elevated position can shoot down on you. Gravity is on their side. And so if you're going to win this world war, me, you and I have to possess the high ground. And so let me fast forward a couple of chapters. So uh, we, we see the children of Israel in Exodus 14 crossing through the Red Sea. Exodus 17 is where we are now. Uh, God tells Moses... The same rod that you had in your hand in the past. I want you to go and strike a certain rock in Horeb and water is going to come out of it. And that's exactly what happened. This is, this is a beautiful story. It was used to be too much water, right? And now in Exodus chapter 17, there's not enough water. We got a water problem, but I want to draw your attention to a battle that takes place right after, uh, right after water flows from this certain rock. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Repetidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out and fight the Amalekites tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to march up to that hill up there with the staff of God in my hand. And so Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. 
As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they put a stone underneath him for him to sit on. Aaron and Hur held his hands up one side on the other. And so his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Hear me today. There was a war going on in the valley. But the only reason they were successful in the valley was because Moses possessed the high ground. The reason that they were able to claim victory in the valley was because Moses was standing on top of that hill with the rod of God in his head stretched out. Joshua, you go down in the valley and you take your sword out and you go to town, big boy. You do what God has called us to do. But see me, I'm going to march up to that hill. I know where I need to go right now. I'm going to go up to this hill and Joshua fights and Moses knows where his help comes from. Joshua fights and Moses is reaching out to the Lord. And I know, I know your arms may get tired in the battle. I know the battle may last a long time, but I'm telling you, if you will continually know where your help comes from, if you will possess the high ground, if you'll go ahead and climb up to that mountain and stretch your arms heavenward. Moses goes to the top of the hill. He's positioned himself in a place where he can be seen by the Israelites. And I love that. Because it represented that, right? It represents the the past victories that they had had. And so now they're fighting in the valley and they can see Moses on the hill holding the same rod that had brought them through a lot of stuff already. And now they're reminded if he did it for us, then guess what he's going to do for us now? He's going to do it one more time. But it's not the only reason. And we've already talked about it. The second reason that he goes to that hill is because he knows that if we go to war... We ain't winning on our own strength. I know you strong. I know you got what I know you smart. I know we got a good plan. I know we got it all together, but I know where my help comes from and my help comes from the Lord. And so I'm going to stand on this hill and I'm going to stretch my arms out because Joshua, if we don't know where our help comes from, it doesn't matter how strong you are. It doesn't matter how good and how talented you are. And so today, listen, ladies and gentlemen, you got to know where your help comes from. You gotta control and possess the high ground on the battlefield. The second piece to your battle plan is that you gotta fight fire with fire. Listen, here's what I know about battle. If I'm going into battle, I ain't bringing a knife to a gunfight. I'm not taking a water balloon to try to solve a forest fire because it don't work. You're not going to be in the fight very long. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know the story. I'm I'm just going to recap it for you. They wouldn't bow down and worship a false idol. King Nebuchadnezzar has them thrown into a fiery furnace that's heated up seven times hotter than normal. And when he comes back to look, to see the fruits of his labor, you're not going to bow down to me. We'll see about that. Wait, wait, wait. Baby, did I put... I thought I put three in there. And normally when I put people in there, they dissolve by now. But not only are they still standing, they're not standing by themselves. And so he pulls them out of the fire. He promotes them, makes a decree that their God is the God that's going to be worshiped throughout all of the land. But I told you that to tell you this, listen. The enemy 
can't burn something that's already burning. I don't know what it is. I don't know what fiery furnace you've walked into. I don't know how big the battle is that's been raging on the inside of you. But can I tell you today, the second piece to your battle plan is this, is you've got to fall in love with Jesus like you've never fallen in love with Jesus before. You've got to be so full of the Holy Ghost that there is nothing that the enemy can put inside of you because you're already on fire. You got to be so passionate, passionately in love with him cuz the enemy listen if you're so consumed with Jesus there's nothing left to burn. You got to fall in love with Jesus. There's some battles that you're going to fight that you can't fight on your own. You got to have a heart, you got to have a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's like a fire shut up in their bones. <laughs> You need that power from on high. You got to have it. Come on, there's some battles that you don't, you're not equipped to fight by yourself. You got to fight fire with fire. Would you stand with me? There's a battle raging. There's victory to be had. But if you are going to win this world war, me, hear me today. You can't stop. You can't stop. You can't stop. I'm going to share with you something that I've learned about our God. Are you ready? There's always a won't stop on the other side of my can't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. There's always a won't stop on the other side of my can't stop. Can I tell you what I believe about somebody in this room today? I don't know who you are. I don't know how many times you've banged your head against the wall fighting the same battle. But here's what I believe for you today. And I step out in faith and claim it in the name of Jesus. There is a breakthrough coming for you today. There's a breakthrough coming. There's a breakthrough coming. There's a breakthrough coming. I don't know what your circumstances, I don't know how bad it is, but I believe it by faith today that you're closer than you think you are. You're closer than what you think you are, ma'am, sir. Like the children of Israel dealing with a nasty past, being pursued by something that you thought you had conquered, but it just won't leave you alone. Can I just remind you of what happened in that story? That you might not be able to go over it. You might not be able to go around it. But somehow, by faith, the thing that's been standing in your way is about to escort you through to the promise that God has in mind for you. Listen. Listen. If you will get a can't stop and allow a can't stop to rise up in you, you're going to see that God won't stop making a way where there seems to be no way. If there will be a can't stop well up inside of you, you're going to see a God that won't stop parting the Red Sea. Does anybody believe it today? Come on, sing it with us for just a moment. A breakthrough is coming your way. A breakthrough is right around the corner. Here we go. Oh, no. Breakthrough is coming yes. by faith. I see the Stop now. I know. Come on, 
fighting, why don't you make your way down here right now? Come on, we're going to sing it together and we're going to claim victory that a breakthrough is coming your way. I don't know if it's your past. I don't know if it's something that's pursuing you. I don't know if it's a physical healing in this place right now, but I feel healing in the house right now. Listen, if the doctors have told you that there's something going on in your life that you just don't think you'll ever get the victory over, can I introduce to you, can I introduce to you a lady that was sick with an issue of blood for 12 years and there were people crowding all around Jesus as he made his way in. See, there was a crowd around him, but what did she do? She... She had a can't stop rise up on the inside of her that it didn't matter who was around her. It didn't matter what her neighbors thought. It didn't matter what the crowd thought. If I can just push my way through and get to the hem of his garment, everything's going to be okay. Can I tell you, there just might be a miracle on the other side of your can't stop. Do you believe it today? Come on, let's sing it one more time. Here we go. A breakthrough is coming. I believe a healing's coming. Here we go. Jericho are tall. (laughs) I know what stands before you and I know it doesn't make sense a lot of times to keep marching. I know you've marched one time and you haven't seen the walls fall. I know you've marched two times and you haven't seen the walls fall, but I just believe a breakthrough is coming. And if you won't stop, if there will be a can't stop, Joshua, I know, I know you're ready to wave the white flag. I know you're ready to throw in the towel. But I've come to preach to you today and let you know that it doesn't matter what you're dealing with. If you will make one more laugh, if you will get a can't stop, guess what? There's victory. There's victory on the other side of your can't stop. Walls are going to fall down on the other side of your can't stop. Do you? Do you believe it today? Let's sing it one more time. Here we go. Victory. 
you got to walk into your home tonight claiming victory. You don't, you don't claim defeat. There is a battle raging. But there's victory in the house. Do you believe that today? Wow. Lord, I love you. God, I thank you. I thank you that you're in this place today. I thank you that your spirit is here. God, I know, I know that this, this war that's raging is not easy. I know there's battles that we fight. But I also know that if there is a battle, that there is victory. And I pray right now, Lord, that you would bless this church, that you would bless this house, that you would bless this group of people as we go back into our daily lives and we walk in to a dark world, Lord. Let us be a bright light. Let us walk in victory today because I believe a breakthrough is coming. But we can't stop. And when we can't stop, you won't stop. Bless us today. Bring us back on Wednesday night for it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being in church today.